another thing that I I didn't worry as much about loitering or causing a scene or feeling like someone would think I was up to no good when I was a kid. But I feel that way now, which is probably a good thing because when you're like our age, you can be accused of what is that creep doing? Yeah. <laughs> so that's always in my mind now that I can't be that guy anymore that would just go to Meyer and hang out. But I didn't care when I was a kid. And it was probably a lot of fun when I was a kid, you know, like a teenager into my 20s. I'm right there with you. And I thought about this yesterday, in fact, because I don't have my Amazon account set up properly. So multiple people use my Amazon account to order stuff. And so there's like six different addresses. <laughs> and I ordered something and it got delivered to Julie's old apartment. Yeah. So I had to watch and watch and wait for the order confirmation that it was delivered and then zoom over there to try to get the package. That thought of driving up to a place you don't live, taking an Amazon package, and then leaving, that is going to draw attention to yourself. You're going to end up on the news as, watch out for this guy, he steals Amazon packages. Yeah, because odds are you're being recorded by the doorbell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not even supposed to be here right now. Oh, Oh, are you doing well, that's that? That's a good segue. Is that a great, <laughs> great segue. Uh, hey, everyone. Welcome to Aaron and Justin Talk Sequels, a movie podcast. Today, we're talking about Clerks 3. I am Aaron. Who, who are you? I'm, I'm Justin, who did not rewatch the movie for the podcast because mm. he will never rewatch this movie again. Justin has a, a proud tradition of never rewatching a movie. I don't know how he's been able to pull that off a is... podcast about movies ever since, but he has a it's, fantastic it's memory. It's like a lockbox. Yes. I have a memory palace, and I can just close my eyes and replay the whole movie. It's fantastic. It's like an old creaky file cabinet that he just can open up and pull out the file of whatever he needs to remember, yeah. dust it off. No, that's a lie. I've rewatched movies all the time. I'm not going to rewatch this movie because it made me cry oh, over God. and over and over. Oh, I had a very visceral response to this movie that I'm excited to talk about. Okay, well, let's get into it. Now, Music. you watched this movie when? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, were you doing it? It just sounded like, let's get into it, and then there should be like music cue. Well, add some music in there, man. I'll try. Something Sam Smith. Something Adele, right? Something to just match the emotional intensity you felt while watching Clerks 3. All right, so that's... He hasn't cried this much since that donkey back. show he watched in Clerks 2. Yeah, well, no. So let's, let's just take a step back. Clerks came out in a form, form formidable time in our lives. Sure. We were 12, 13. Yeah, I mean, we came to it a little bit later. We weren't necessarily Gen X age for it, but it didn't take too long. It was definitely a 90s thing for us, the way it was for most people. Yeah, Kevin Smith hit so hard during that time, in my opinion, because he was able to tap into the juvenile brain in yeah. a way that many directors were not able to. We laughed and we cried and we went through our teenage years with a guy that... Uh, he seemed to get us. Seemed to get us. And we felt a part of something. But it really was, I would say it's Mallrats is what hooked us. Mm -hmm. And then we were able to then go back for Clerks. Then we felt like, oh man, these are two great movies. And then Chasing Amy was our like 
I felt was like the capstone of that. I I'm kind of remembering it like as not as great as we as we thought it was, but it was, still was like one of those. It was like a nice trilogy of movies. Um, and then everything after that, I remember we saw Dogma. And even Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I think that was the one after Dogma, right? Then we kind of trailed off. <laughs> it, it's not like it was as important to us anymore, but we sat through those for sure. Yeah, like I was a opening day Jersey, was it Jersey Girl? Yeah, Jersey Girl. Here's the way I remember it. He did Clerks, Ball Rats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which is like the absolute mountaintop of Jay and Silent Bob fandom, where you could put a whole movie together in theaters about these two fucking characters from an indie film. And then he was like, I got to put this to bed. I got to move on with my life. So then he did Jersey Girl. And then I feel like it wasn't what he wanted it to be critically. And then he was like, all right, I'll make Clerks 2. Because did Clerks 2 come out right after Jersey Girl? All right, here we go. Go for it. We have Clerks, a year later, Mulrats, two years later, Chasing Amy, two years later, later Dogma, and then two years later, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and then three years later, Jersey Girl. Yeah, that didn't work out so well, so two years later, Clerks 2. Yeah. Boom. But he clearly didn't just go back as much and say like, okay, fine, I'll just live in this universe I created with these first five movies. He did Clerks too, but then I think after that he did the Zack and Miri movie, right? So it was like now he can live in both worlds. So yeah, he did Clerks too, And he didn't return to the Viewaskewaverse for, well, uh, outside of a cartoon movie, 13 years. But I still felt like him starting his podcast career, there was the uh, Clerks cartoon and stuff. He was in a nice place with his legacy and wanting to do different things all kind of together. And I feel like that started with Clerks too. That's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. And so, yeah, he makes Zack and Miri, which I love. I love that I thought movie. that was a, it was a well-made film. And then he made Cop Out, which is really famous. And he was like hired for... He was like basically hired hand for that. Well, like, he's really famous for Bruce Willis not liking him and him being very open about it. And then he makes Red... So I've never seen Cop Out. I haven't seen Red Cop Out either. But I've seen all the others up until now. And then he made Red State. Which I saw. And that was another big departure for him. Could have been made by anybody who just made a horror movie. Yeah, he does this horror thing. And then he made Tusk, another movie that... I haven't seen, but I really don't like body horror, and that's why I haven't seen it. I appreciated Red State for what it was, but I didn't want to see Tusk either because it just seemed bizarre. And then there he made the spinoff to Tusk, Yoga Hosers. From what I understand and what I have seen is probably the worst thing he's ever done. Really? I own it, and I haven't watched it. <laughs> no, it seems obnoxiously bad. Starring his daughter, Johnny Depp's daughter, and Johnny Depp. Yeah, because he had... He, fell into this weird friendship with Johnny Depp. So Depp was able, I think Depp was in Yoga Hosers too. Yeah, yeah. Or he was in Tusk. And then he reboots Jay and Silent Bob. Oh no, you were talking about Yoga Hosers. No, I think he was in Tusk as well. And then then it's the same character in Yoga Hosers too. That's Johnny Depp. What the fuck is Kilroy was here? I don't know. An anthology film directed by Kevin Smith and written by Smith and some other guy. And then Clerks 3, and then he's got Moose Jaws coming out. And I think that has to do with yoga hosers so anyway the reason i talk about his filmography is because he had a high point and he is nowhere near that high point and the popular thing about clerks three was the conversation was lionsgate went to him and was like you know your movies do so well with dvd sales and online sales 
that we always make a profit on you. So, I mean, you can keep making these movies and we will give you money for that. That's a pretty good place to be And that's kind of how Clerks 3 got made is what I've always heard. Well, isn't that how Jay and Silent Bob Reboot got made? I feel like it was from Jan's maybe. I don't know. Because I remember we talked about this before because you thought it was a fascinating circumstance where they basically said that to him and that's why he made the reboot movie. It's possible. And then I think he just enjoyed being in that world again. So he was like, oh, we should finish Clerks as well. Because I believe this movie got a very limited theatrical release um and it doesn't say how long it was in theaters or how many theaters but i don't think this movie was super super wide yeah and it only made about four million of its seven million dollar budget but again they're probably going to make it all back on digital if they haven't already well justin and i went to uh livonia michigan the um astronomicon which was a pop culture convention comics star wars what have you for a panel specifically to see kevin smith and the clerks panel and kevin smith of course didn't make it <laughs> i guess it was because of weather but i also feel like it could have just been a bait and switch you know what i mean where they put his name on jason there. lee also was not able to come so we saw the clerks panel with the remainders of the people which jason lee wasn't in that movie but he wasn't clerks too so you know i guess he could have joined it. i want to support your conspiracy theory real yeah. quick though sure we had Harley Quinn Smith there, and we had Jason Mewes there. Mm-hmm. These two people know Kevin Smith pretty well. Were they not in his vicinity when they flew to his Michigan? His daughter? Yeah. Isn't that weird? His daughter was there, but he couldn't make it. Because she's not that old, I don't think, either. She's like maybe well, 20, right? So, yeah. so I just think she still lives in the vicinity of him. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think she's hanging out with that. But he's a busy guy. Yeah. Here's my thing. I'm not saying that they there was no way he was ever going to come. And then they said he was anyways to try to drum up ticket sales. I just think that he is such a big name like that is such a 10% chance that he would show up. That he agrees to be like, if I can make it, I'll be there. And then they use him to sell tickets anyway, but there's only a 10% chance he would have showed up. That's what I think it is. I don't think it was a lie, yeah. but I do think that it was. It would be a rarity if he actually did make it. But you totally know Brian O'Halloran, Jeff Anderson, Trevor Furman, yeah. is that how you say his name? Yeah. They hopped on a plane and coach on yeah. Thursday. They were in Detroit by Friday. They've been drinking and hanging out, and that's just what they do. And it is a lucrative business to show up to these conventions because people pay in cash for your photo and autograph and your plane ticket, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars probably from wherever you're going. It's not like it's a lot of money to fly into uh, Detroit. You probably walk away with a couple thousand dollars, if not more. I don't know. Oh, I would say after three days, like, oh, they made bank. Like 10 yeah. grand. Oh, I could see that easily. Yeah. This This world didn't exist. I just felt like the super fandom started coming around the millennium, right? Maybe with yeah, the pre by the late 90s, it was there. Yes. I mean, hell, it was commented on in Chasing Amy. Yeah, true. Okay. So, because conventions have been around since like maybe the late 70s, but just the idea of making uh, a salary basically off of going to this, off of stuff you did in the past, like that's that's maybe only happened in the last like 20, 25 years. So they know that uh, people love Clerks and Brian O'Halloran 
he may not be able to to be anybody that anybody wants to see forever. So they're well aware that they got to get in and get it now. And hey, we got a Clerks 3 movie now coming out. Hell, perfect. You know, like they're, they'll keep me alive a little longer for me to go and make money just by appearing with people. It's just a crazy world. But they're not stupid anymore about it. And they know that if they want to make money, they got to make it now. So anyway, yeah, to your point, they got to show up. But Kevin Smith's not that guy. Like he's he's got money coming in from every everywhere and he's got bigger things to do. So he might throw yeah. you a bone and show up to be nice. But if not, it's expected. And I have to say, like watching that panel, it really was. I loved it. I've always felt I've always felt a deep connection with Dante. So seeing Brian O'Halloran yeah. in real life was great. Seeing Jeff Anderson in real life was great. And it's fun because they actually sound like themselves. Like these guys are actors, but are they classically trained actors? Not necessarily. They're always been no. actors that <laughs> I don't think mostly it's a question themselves. that they're good actors. I know, but like, <laughs> so when you see them in real life, it's actually like seeing the characters just because yes. they're very thin. Hey, look, Clerks actors. is not a good franchise in any stretch of the imagination, but it's, it's a, a great br- It's a bunch of good people that enjoy what they do and genuinely love doing it. And I think that there's no there's no argument about that, that these are just people that they know you love it and they love to do it. And that's cool. And that's yeah. why I like seeing the panel as well. But they know they're not making high art. All right. I want to do a quick recap yeah. in terms of... Well, I want to hear you my... do it since you haven't even watched the goddamn thing in quite a while. <laughs> well, no. A quick recap of Clerks and Clerks 2. Oh, God. And we've God, talked we about it talk in previous episodes. We can't talk Clerks about two. those two. Go Let's to just it. go to three. Because you know what? Three kind of covers those those two. Anyway. No, I want to talk about the emotional arc, damn it. Okay, fine. Go. For me. Go for it. To explain why I was so deeply impacted yeah. by this movie. So Clerks, we've talked about it. It's uh, the story of a generation of youths that no longer had an easy job out of high school. And they ended up spending all their time as clerks and it was about trying to figure out what the hell you're doing with your life yeah and i believe my point was that it's because we didn't have a war that was worth fight we didn't have a necessary war as they say worth fighting and that's what defines a lot of the generations of the past is that someone they had to pull together and actually do something with their life. But we don't really have that. Nobody was really fighting the Iraq war necessarily in the early 90s. And we had the manufacturing breakdown that started in the early 80s that continued to then. That was another and, point, I remember. And so it was just a generation that just didn't know what to do with itself. And then we had Clerks 2. And now when did Clerks 2 come out? Uh, what was it, 2009, 2006? Because there's de- I think there was definitely a longer gap between 2 and 3 than there was between Clerks and clerks too but it felt about the same gap to me but then when i was seeing the footage from clerks 2 that was included in clerks 3 i was like holy shit it has been a long time because dante is looking super old now between clerks and clerks 2 it was 12 years between clerks 2 and clerks 3 it was 16 years yeah okay so not a huge amount of time but definitely enough for him to be like an old older man now I mean, yeah, it was essentially 28 years later. So Clerks 2, we still have the characters being clerks and kind of wasting their time. And this is the movie where the guy figured out what he wanted to do 
asserted his place in the world, got the girl that he loved, bought a business, he had his place in the world, he was going to be a success, and it was awesome. And that's Dante, and Randall was along for the ride, because he was the person that initiated Dante to finally make some fucking decisions in his life. It was a really great story, and it made you feel like you could do anything and throw in a donkey show for fun. And then I popped in Clerks 3, which is famously a movie that Kevin Smith wrote about his own heart attack, and he incorporated a lot of personal elements into this film. And I want to say it out loud. This is a good movie. I like it. And I think it's one of Kevin Smith's best works. But I don't like the story decisions that he made. I think it is a perfectly competent film that Kevin Smith made. I agree with you there. Because he's made some shit in the past. And I think um, Clark's 2 is, is up there with one of his worst. Even though I'm with you in that those story beats that we mentioned were a nice addition to the Clerks universe. But the overall movie with the donkey show, it was just crap. It was shit. And there was like the dance scene. It was it was garbage. A lot of it was Perfect. garbage. Perfect movie. But I don't think that Clerks 3 is a good Clerks movie. I think it uh, stomps on the legacy of Clerks for him to shoehorn his own heart attack story in. And he has a lot of cheats in this movie. And I think it's unfortunate that he did that. This movie, when I watched it, reminded me a lot of another movie that made me very upset by the story choices. And that was Glass. Yes. Where I'm with you. You have characters that you really are into. And then you tell a perfectly good movie. Really dislike the story decisions. And it sours it. Yeah, luckily I don't get soured. Like it doesn't ruin Clerks at all for me. I still find Clerks to be the legendary no, no uh, independent film that it is, and it will always remain that way. Yeah, and even Clerks Two didn't ruin it by any means for me, even though I thought a lot of that movie was garbage. It's just not fun to watch when you're like, what the fuck? Let's jump in, and I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with the first painful thing. The first time I teared up, the movie is obviously. They're at the convenience store because they own it. And Jay and Silent Bob have taken over the video store and turned it into a dispensary, mm-hmm. which is very natural. And then we quickly figure out that Rosario Dawson's character is dead. Dead. <laughs> and not only... So it's been canonically 15 years since Clerks 2 in this movie. Yeah. 15 years have passed. So basically what Kevin Smith sets up is that within 30 days or whatever of Clerks 2 ending, Mm -hmm. Rosario Dawson is dead in a car crash. Yeah, because she was pregnant. With their baby. They kind of piecemeal it throughout the movie you put put it together, or you're told what happened. And so just a huge gut punch from the start. We find out that Dante, who had everything, had it all ripped away and was never able to recover, and has spent the last 15 years doing nothing with his life, just running the quick stop and doing the same thing. So he had it all, and then they completely reset him, and I hated it. The the first bad decision. Kevin Smith, as a poor writer on this movie, could not tell the story he wanted to tell if Dante had a family. Do you think there was scheduling with Rosario? I mean, she's busier than she's ever been. 
Well, that's not that's not the audience. That's not the fans of Clerks' problem. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? <laughs> you gotta move on from Clerks two and give us a sequel to that movie as well. But all he wanted to do was do a sequel to the first one in the way he did a sequel with Clerks two. You cheat your own screenwriting by saying, "Ah, eh, just fucking kill him off," and then you cheated even more by saying, "I know I killed her off." But I still want to use her. So I'm going to do that anyways. And I'm just like, fuck, Kevin, come on. And so, yeah, <laughs> the movie is uh, Dante as a shell of a man. But he's not really. He's just Dante from the first movie. If you took out all of the references to her being dead, he would just be Dante. Like, he's not anything less than what he was in the first movie. Only when it matters to the plot that he's upset about the wife do they bring her in and have him freak out. I see it as him being a shell of a man because we have all the evidence in front of us. We know that he has reached his peak and that it was ripped away and this is what we have left. But his peak was owning the quick stop as a attendant. Like, that was it. So it's not like he's doing anything else. He just would go home and have a family, but now he doesn't do that. So what do we see him as? We just see him as Dante from the first movie. Empty and meaningless. Anyway, <laughs> when Dante hooks up with his ex-girlfriend in the car, yeah. like, it felt so sad to me. I just felt it as, like, two 50-year-olds that were unattached. But it was her idea. If he had, like, begged for it, then it would have been sad. I need to not be alone. I mean, that was the other thing, is that obviously Kevin Smith wanted to, wanted to end Clerks, although he's always left this little thing where he could always make more Jay and Silent Bob stuff or pull out any character he wanted from Clerks and make another movie, even if, it doesn't, if it's not called Clerks. So another thing is just to have a family reunion. So he would just he just brought in all the character actors from the first movie to, to reappear basically as who they were in the first movie. So that was another excuse for him to do this. Yeah. But I do think that the heart attack that Kevin Smith really had um, put him in this stage of life where he was just like, what have I done with my life? What am I doing with my life? I need to take life seriously. I think that could be a good movie and what better people to use than Dante and Randall. So that's the impetus for like this whole movie. But the story decisions to make that work is what ultimately dooms this film, in my opinion. Number one, killing off the happy ending from the second movie, which is never what you're supposed to do. And James Cameron famously said that. That's why he was angry with Alien 3, because they killed off the happy ending from Aliens. And then he was part of that that did it in Terminator Dark Fate, where they kill off the happy ending from Terminator 2 to try to make another movie work, and it didn't. Yeah, you can't wreck a movie's happy ending, damn it. <laughs> So yeah, this is a heart attack movie. So Randall has a heart attack. And I don't remember where he had the heart attack because, again, I didn't rewatch the movie. He was just talking to Elias at the quick stop. And he st and you could see he was like, ow. And then they would get back to some funny conversation. And he'd be like, ow, I can't catch my breath. And then he had a heart attack. That was it. So then he's in the hospital. Amy Sedaris, who's a good character actor. She's the doctor. So I liked her. She's funny. And then Justin Long is in it. Uh, and he's funny. I thought he was one of the funny parts as well. One of my favorite lines Justin is like, because Randall was like, I have a really small dick, but I've been telling everybody it's really big. And Justin Long is like, it's okay. He's like, it's all right. I've, it's nothing I haven't seen before. I used to work in pediatrics. <laughs> that is a good line. <laughs> it's a great, a great line. <laughs> so that was the first time I like laughed. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. 
hospital scenes were some of the strongest. Like, there are some strong moments in this movie that I did enjoy. Randall's definitely the better actor than just about anybody of the non-actors in the movie. He's very natural. So luckily they give him a lot of the dialogue, which is good. Uh, Dante is a good actor as long as he's emotional. But just delivering lines about stuff, it's it's a little cringy. But it's always been cringy, so you're kind of used to it, you know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Randall turns this, and again, this is just a Kevin Smith biography. He decides to quit wasting his life because of the heart attack, and he wants to make a movie about their lives. Basically clerks. Yeah. They do hilarious casting, and they bring in every person that Kevin Smith has ever met. Unfortunately, Jason Lee apparently wasn't able to make it, though, because I felt he was missed since he was in Clerks 2 as a walk-on. Jason Lee got so big, and then he disappeared off the face of the earth. Because, I mean, I'm assuming he can just live off of Earl money forever. I feel like he can. I feel like it was more of a choice that he stepped back than he just couldn't get roles anymore. They're making Mallrats 2. He's got to be in it. I would assume. And Mallrats 2 is going to be weird. I don't know where they go with that movie, because, like, they've got what's-his-butt head. Okay. Unfortunately, the only place you can go with it is that they now have kids... And what's the new thing that people do instead of malls? And then that'll be the movie. What has Jeremy London been doing yeah. is my Where's question. Even Freddie Prince Jr., when he popped up briefly as an audition in, in Clerks 3. I mean, that guy's like, I mean, he looks good for his age, but it's just funny to see Freddie Prince Jr. in the year 2022 or whenever this movie well, came out. And he's a lot older I know, but now. Do you know why? He's like a voice guy now. Like he's been in like every Star Wars cartoon. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Is he married to well, Sarah Michelle Gellar? But... Or is that somebody? Yeah, they're still married together. Oh, well, there you go. So she popped up as well. She was one of the funny auditions. Ben Affleck, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm I, I'm happy that Affleck's like game to help out Kevin all the time. I mean, I think that's fine. But it's, you know, it's not like that funny. I forgot about Party of Five. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Lennon was in Party of Five. That's right. Yeah. And it came out that Party of Five started the same year as Mallrats. Yeah. And then so he does that. And then he's in Seventh Heaven for a couple years. Mm. Lots of movies that I don't recognize at all. He's in a movie called The Terminators. That's fun. Seventh Heaven felt like, at the time, the whitest show on television. <laughs> like, it was I know the there was a lot of, most television. shows were white, you know, but that just <laughs> felt like it. <laughs> you can't get any whiter than that it turns out the dad was a pedophile. That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, I, don't know if that, I don't know if that's a, if that's a race thing but <laughs> maybe it is I well it's like, like mass shooters are always white for the most part right that's definitely a race yeah. thing maybe pedophiles are primarily white men statistically speaking that's what we got to deal with as white guys as older white guys that's our class fucking pedophile priests just pedophile dudes and mass shooters. Like, that's our race. I hate that. <laughs> so, Clerks 3, uh, it, it's all about making this movie now. Dante, because he's a fucking loser for some reason, who has owned a successful business for 15 years, again, just a shell of a man wasting his life, doesn't have any money. Even though he, has, he runs a business that should be profitable, has no cash borrows 30 grand from his ex-fiance to fund the movie so he doesn't tell randall because he's too proud and randall has been nothing but a dick to him he's very about this whole movie making thing yeah very self-centered 
um, which is very Randall, but there was always a level of comedy to it, and it just felt kind of mean in this one. And that's that's the second thing I didn't really care for. It fell flat, yeah. Yeah. Like, they're always mad at each other. They're always getting in each other's yeah. faces. But, but this never... is another screenwriting failure. Yeah, Because Kevin Smith wants the emotion later in the movie when it all comes to a head. So he makes Randall someone he usually isn't, which he was always kind of ribbing him about stuff. That's Randall. But he was never an outright asshole to Dan- Dante. So now he makes him an asshole to Dante. It just felt disingenuous and it was only a plot device. And so they're shooting the movie and it's just nostalgia central. They've got all the people back. They're recreating the exact scenes. They have J- uh, Silent Bob shoot it as the DP, director of photography, yeah. and he wants to do it in black and white. He's got a fucking red camera, though. Those things are expensive. Yeah, and they run a dispensary. Like, I'm sure they're just flush. They have kept it canon, Jay and Silent Bob's adventures throughout the Clerks, or the View Askew universe. And they even mentioned that they we've been on two movie sets. We're the only people that have been on two movie sets. And he's referencing Jay and Silent Bob straight back. Didn't they go to stop the Jay and Silent Bob superhero or the Blunt Man and Chronic movie from being made? Wasn't yep. that the idea behind that? Okay. Wacky adventures ensue. Out of this world wacky adventures to some degree. And then the reboot movie, which I did not see, but they're rebooting that movie that they ultimately weren't able to stop because I don't remember how that movie goes. Yeah, they weren't able to stop it. And so, yeah, they were doing a reboot. And so right. they go back to Hollywood to stop that. So they've made money by being the characters that were that Blunt Man and Chronic is made on. No, because the whole thing was they signed away their rights for like a cheeseburger or something in Chasing Amy. Like, I forget what the story was. I just know that in Clerks 2, when there was their big emotional scene, Randall and Dante in the jail, that's when Jay and Silent Bob were like, hey, we got a ton of money. Yeah. I thought it was because of the hijinks in Strikes Back. It probably is. I just don't remember how. They're like, stereotypical stoners so even though they have millions of dollars or whatever they were like we just want to rebuild the quick stop we'll let you live your dream again but we just want to hang out outside but then they end up starting a weed business but that that was a funny thing is that jay still treats it like it's illegal so he's always doing transactions outside the building which i thought was kind of funny yes that part was funny yeah they don't give them the money because maybe now they don't have any anymore so we are up to the point where they're clashing, and it all comes to a head. They get into a fight in the quick st- in the in the store, and it's really because Dante's angry at how self centered Randall's being. Yeah, and he's he's been dealing with his own trauma because uh, oh. he sees Rosario Dawson every once in a while. Oh no, sorry, this all came to a head because Randall recreated the Donkey Show. Oh, that's right, and he and didn't want to go back in the movie. Dante didn't want anything to do with that because it was too painful. And thank God we don't have to see a recreation of the donkey show. <laughs> Clerks 2 famously ends with no donkeys were molested during the filming of this production. Okay, yeah. well, maybe that's legally all they had to I do. I made that up. I don't know what it says. Um, <laughs> so yeah, comes to a head. Dante and Randall fight. Dante is so upset that he has a heart attack. Mm. And once again, I cried here. And I cried here because I knew the screenwriting was thin enough where they're not going to have two people survive a heart attack. I See, I got ruined at that panel. Right. Because they started talking about how Dante died. So I was like, oh, okay, well, now he's dead. All right. So I don't know. I don't know if it would have been as emotional to me 
I, dude, I don't know why. Oh god, this movie hit me so hard. And it was just too clear to me the strings that Kevin Smith was pulling, and it wasn't well done well. So it wasn't getting me the way that Pixar does. I love Clerks too so much just because of the happy ending, and you can take a hold of your life and accomplish your dreams. Yeah, even if it's simple in in their way, I, I did. I liked that message. If you took Clerks two out and it was just Clerks one and Clerks three, I'm fine with these decisions, and I'm not emotional. It's just the added emotion of Clerks two that resonated when they pulled it all away. Yeah. So Dante has a heart attack. Yeah. Randall's heart attack was he was kind of awake the whole time. Dante is more serious. But Randall's able to show him the completed film. And that's when he realizes what a selfish asshole he became. He realizes yet again how important Dante is to his life. He ends up showing in the movie. And I did think this was cool when the movie he showed him uh, was Clerks. Like they were shooting it playing themselves. So it would have been them in the year 2022. But what we see is the first Clerks movie where they're young. And I thought that was a nice touch. And then Dante peacefully passes away. Dante dies. This movie is too fucking tragic for a Clerks movie. Yeah. So for me, him dying was the culmination of this man had everything he wanted 15 years ago. He never got his life back. He lived as a shell of himself for 15 years, and then he just dies, never achieving what he wanted to. And it's just the worst for me. It ties, and again, Kevin Smith is good at tying into a certain age group mindset in Clerks. He tied into our teenagers. Now that I'm 40, he tied into every insecurity I feel about life now. Ever since I've been a dad, I've been worried about dying. and. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I mean, I guess as far as like if your fans age and you want to stay current with them, but that is a disservice to the cinematic yes. universe that is Clerks. Yes. To make it that personal. Yeah. I disagree with a lot of the decisions you made. So then, um, yeah, Randall and Elijah, right? Is that his name? We didn't talk about Elias at all. Um, oh, Elias. Yeah. Elias, uh, when Randall has a heart attack thinks it's his fault forsakes god decides to become a satanist and sells nfts with his friend blockchain they don't really work as well as he, no, he did it's just and, a running gag that's yeah. all so he, he shows up in clerks too i liked him a lot yes he was a good character in clicks too but he's grown uh, up into something different he just he was just used like anytime they showed him he had a different satanist kind of yeah. crazy costume on and you chuckled a little bit but yeah it was just a gag and then he's just kind of set up as the new dante i guess the movie ends with dante's ex coming to collect the 30 grand from randall and elias shows up he sold his nfts he made a million dollars and he becomes randall's new partner and then another cheat where he just killed dante he's just like yeah, but I want to see him again anyways. Who gives a shit? And then he just throws him in there like he's a ghost. And now we can end the movie with Dante and Randall standing next to each other, even though he's dead. Come on. Okay, another thing that bugged me, and I was reading it in Wikipedia, and I don't know if it's true. Meanwhile, Jay's daughter, Millie, inspects the expiration dates on the store's supply of oat milk. So, like, they're bringing in their kids to be stuck in this endless loop of middling success and that's clerks three so did you listen to the credits did you hear kevin smith talking during the credits i did not but it's in the wikipedia what did he say 
he because he's a podcaster you know that's his other thing so it's like you can't help it but be like well i want to talk over the credits so he just talks about he just basically says thanks to the fans um for following him this long and and what it meant to him to make the movie and then he says there was supposed to be a narration over that ending shot and he goes it would have been me and i would have said this so then he reads the narration and it's like randall went on to own the quick stop and work there every day but he also made his movies on the side and during his when he was 90 years old uh someone interviewed him about making movies or whatever and he was finally saying like the customers weren't the worst part about working the customers are what made working uh unique or, or or a life worth living or whatever and that was it but he's like, I didn't want to use it after all. It just felt like a good moment just to have the pullback on the camera and see Dante and Randall standing there. Uh, yeah, that's Clerks 3. A competently made film. I thought it was made better than the sequel. I mean, you're wrong, but yeah, fine. But ultimately, I just feel like it is too tragic for a Clerks movie. It made me cry, and that's it. I don't like when movies make me cry. Maybe I would have been more emotional if I didn't know he was going to die, but I kind of already was already expecting it. So, And I knew that she was already dead, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I had no idea. I went in very clean. Yeah. It was Somebody made a review of it, and they included that in there. And I guess, like, it is, like, as a review, it is kind of like, they just kind of throw it out there at the beginning, so maybe it isn't a spoiler, but it felt like a spoiler when I read it, because I was like, Jesus, all right. Totally a spoiler. <laughs> Pretending I'm a teenage boy still. Uh, did you know that Rosario Dawson made a movie with, who's the train spotting guy again? Danny Boyle. Did you know that Rosario Dawson made a movie with Danny Boyle? Where she is full frontal. Like, what movie is that? Straight up, full frontal, totally shaved. It was... <laughs> and that it was a big part of it was oh, okay. that she had to contractually be fully shaved. Because it was part. Of, it was a plot point in the movie. Uh, what was it called? Trance, maybe? It's a movie I huh. never saw or heard of before I heard it covered on a different podcast. Well, she has definitely aged well compared to Dante. <laughs> <laughs> But you yeah. know what? I mean, that works in his favor. She was supposed to be dead at 2006. Thank God you found an actress that, like, man, you pretty much looked the way you looked in 2006. So that works really well. You're just a ghost caught in time. You know, I mean, clear. just so we're all clear, she's not supposed to be a ghost in the movie. She is a part of Dante's broken psyche. She's a ghost. A all right. She's she was a not ghost. a ghost. The same way Ugh. Dante's a ghost at the end. Because Randall isn't thinking of Dante like you're a part of my memories and I'm going to imagine you standing next to me. Dante is just standing next to him as a literal ghost who will come back to the quick stop and pretend he's working behind the counter to keep Randall happy. Agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah. On that one. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that, that pretty much wraps up the episode. Yeah, that wraps up the Clerks universe. Thanks for tuning in. Um Bodies, bodies, bodies. The A24 Pete Davidson horror movie. Pretty okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, leaves you, you know, it's a good horror, a good murder mystery. Leaves you wondering what is going on the whole time. And uh, it did. It left you wondering what was going on for the entire runtime. Okay. And I was okay with the ending. And I like Pete Davidson. Do you like Pete Davidson? I don't. <laughs> No, but I won't hold that against him. Like he could be perfectly fine in movies, but yeah, I mean he's just obnoxious, and I don't find him that funny. 
I don't know why, but I really find his obnoxiousness very cute. Like, like he's if he if he just disappeared, like I I wouldn't. Oh yeah, I wouldn't care. If he disappeared, I wouldn't really mind. Like if he was on the news every night. Pete uh, no Davidson is in his thirteenth day of not of being missing. <laughs> Authorities yeah, like, are searching. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. We really appreciate your support. As always, uh, you know, find us on social media. Uh, tell all the people about us. And um, unless you're shut in, then just tell the wall. And tune in to the next episode that I'm sure will be great. Take it easy. But yeah, that's it. Peace out.